episode of the Hill Pain Expert podcast, the show for health professionals interested in keeping up to date with the latest research on plantar heel pain. I'm your host, Ben Boschel, and on this episode, we're going to review a paper published in Biomed Central Musculoskeletal Disorders 2018, titled Custom Foot Orthoses Improve First Step Pain in Individuals with Unilateral Plantar Fasciopathy, a Pragmatic Randomized Controlled Trial. The authors of the paper are Chris Bishop, Dominic Thewlis, and Susan Hillier. Hopefully I've spelled, um, sorry, pronounced all of those names correctly. Also, this paper is available as an open access article. So if you want to get your hands on a copy of the full text, you can find the link to it in the show notes and on the website. So the first thing I'd like to mention is that I really love this paper. I thought it was excellently detailed and proved to be an interesting read right throughout In the first part of the paper, in the introduction section, the authors point out that um, some of the flaws in other studies when investigating foot orthoses is down to the researchers using the same foot orthoses prescription for all individuals included in the study. So this doesn't allow the design of the orthoses to reflect the requirements of each individual in terms of biomechanical effect, material stiffness, and device comfort, in order to reduce pain and improve function. They also point out that many previous studies have not controlled for the potential effects uh, of the shoes in addition to the orthoses, and so ignoring any potential effect of footwear may have um, on the orthoses intervention. And this is a really good point, as the orthoses can only be as good as the shoe which it's sitting in. Their third point is that plantar heel pain is not a specific diagnosis as there are many structures that can become injured and cause pain in the plantar aspect of the heel. And I've also noticed some of the literature using the term plantar heel pain when referring to various treatments um, included in various studies. And the problem with this challenge is, uh, let's say, for example, that we have a study which includes 50 participants and they've all been diagnosed with plantar heel pain, um, but 20 of those patients have plantar fasciitis and 30 have um, Baxman's nerve entrapment but the the methodology of the study did not differentiate these these differences and it was just put under an, an umbrella term pl- uh, plantar heel pain. When trying to understand the results of the study and then drawing conclusions uh, one could quite easily um, decide that the orthoses were only so effective at treating plantar fasciitis, uh, even though the majority of the diagnoses weren't accurately plantar fasciitis at all, but something quite different. So then when trying to understand how effective orthoses are for plantar fasciitis specifically, um, this is where it's very hard to, to understand the difference. And with these challenges in mind, this paper, the paper, the methodology of this paper was very robust and sought to address some of these problems. The primary aim was to investigate the effect of custom foot orthoses in reducing self-reported first step pain over 12 weeks compared to shoes that the orthotics were put into and a sham treatment. The study aims also had some secondary aims, which were looking at average 24-hour pain and plantar fascia thickness. The study design was a parallel three-arm RCT, with concealed allocation and blinding of participants and assessors. Data of the outcome measures were taken at baseline, four weeks and 12 weeks post-intervention. Diagnosis was made via a clinical examination in conjunction with diagnostic ultrasound. 
and this helps provide a more specific diagnosis in relation to the point mentioned earlier. Inclusion criteria included participants between 18 and 60 years of age. Pain on both self-report and palpation of the medial calcaneal tubercle with a minimum pain score of 20 out of a possible 100 using a VAS score. Duration of symptoms had to be greater than or at least four weeks. And diagnosis of plant fasciopathy had to be confirmed on ultrasound at the plant, uh, the, sorry, the proximal attachment of the plantar fascia with the plantar fascia thickness measuring at least four millimeters or greater. Exclusion criteria included current or previous use of foot orthoses, which could have been prefabricated or custom, um, having received treatment uh, for current symptoms, had purchased new footwear in the last four weeks, patients with bilateral symptoms, patients with neural symptoms and or reproduction of pain during neural testing, patients who had had a corticosteroid injection into the heel in the last six months, pregnancy, a medical history of type 1 or 2 diabetes, inflammatory arthropathies or neuromuscular conditions or previous lower limb orthopaedic surgery. A biomechanical assessment was performed on all patients in order to obtain the required data for an for an orthoses prescription and participants were randomly allocated into one of the three groups. Group one was the control group which consisted of the patient's existing footwear and a sham insole made from 0.7 millimeters non-textured cambrel so almost a, a non-existent insert given how thin the device is. Group two was the shoe group who received an ASICS Nimbus 14 which is a bloody comfortable shoe, I might add. It's like walking on the clouds. And group three, um, which received custom foot orthoses and the ASICS Nimbus 14 shoes. All of the shoes were fitted using a Brannock device, which is a shoe sizing device, in, in order to ensure patients were wearing correct footwear in terms of shoe size. Another thing I love about the paper is that the authors also included the details of the orthoses prescriptions for each patient. This is pretty rare to find for research papers, and if you're interested in these details, you can look this up within the full text article. All of the orthoses were made from 4mm polypropylene. All of the participants were not allowed to wear any other shoes aside from what they had been given for the study. And for the control group, they had to choose a single pair of shoes from their existing footwear. All participants were blinded as to the exact nature of the trial to reduce bias, and a blinded assessor was used to process all outcome data. Within the analysis of the uh, study data, uh, they did lots of clever geeky stuff uh, with the data analysis, and to be honest, some of this went over my head. So I won't try and explain it to you, as I'll probably do a very bad job of it. But if you are really interested in the data analysis, then I would advise you to check out the full text uh, article to get the full details. So moving on to the results of the study, over the first four weeks, the orthosis group demonstrated significant improvement in first step pain compared to the control group. And at 12 weeks, the orthosis group reported lower first step pain compared to both the shoe group and the control group. For the secondary outcomes, Average 24-hour pain was significantly better in the orthoses and shoe groups compared to the 
control group at four weeks and at 12 weeks. The plantar fascia thickness reduced in the orthoses group compared to the control group, control group at four weeks and at 12 weeks reported a reduction compared to the, uh, compared to the other two groups. The results of the study support the, the benefit of treating plant fasciitis with custom foot orthoses. Um, what was interesting is the reduction in the plantar fascia thickness um, as the pathological features which are demonstrated on diagnostic ultrasound uh, are controversial in terms of the relevance um, when comparing with pain outcome. And currently what I think is poorly understood is the relevance of these pathological features uh, post-treatment. So in patients which have plantar fascia thickness greater than four millimeters and, and are therefore by definition defined as having plantar fasciitis, when these patients get better um, from, from outcome measures and they are you know, reported to be pain-free, um, if patients still have these pathological features on diagnostic ultrasound, well, well do they have plantar fasciitis or not? Uh, how relevant are these ultrasound findings? Um, is it are the findings of the ultrasound um, non-changeable, meaning that once you develop the pathological features, then that will stay there regardless to how much or or how little pain you have, or whether the plantar fascia can truly regenerate and these pathological features can all be reversed. Well, the results from this study would suggest that there are reversible changes in the plantar fascia, as what we can what we saw from the study is that the plantar fascia thickness did also reduce in line with patients' symptom improvement. And so this does suggest some link between the two. So just to discuss the limitations of this study, uh, one of the limitations is the, the short-term follow-up period, which was just uh, 12 weeks as a maximum, which is not very long. And there is uh, data to suggest that symptoms can plateau after a 12, 12 week intervention. Sorry, I should say symptom improvement. So once you hit the 12 week mark, that that may be the best you're gonna get from that from a particular treatment intervention. And what we also don't know is how many patients may have even regressed beyond this point. Also the compliance of patients wearing the orthoses and the, the dedicated, uh, dedicated shoes they were given. Um, was self-reported by the patients. So it can be very difficult to um, be sure whether they did follow the protocol as they were expected to and were wearing the orthoses and the shoes for a sufficient amount of a time to allow those interventions to have their desired effect. And another point is that the, the authors may have found um, similar benefit if they had used prefabricated orthoses instead of custom orthoses. And this is simply a question we cannot answer from this paper. However, I'm sure some of you will have your own opinion on whether uh, the prefabricated orthosis would have been as effective as a customized one. And I certainly have my own opinion on that too. And so the, the author's conclusion was that custom foot orthoses appear to be effective in the treatment of first step pain in individuals with plant fasciitis over a 12 week period. Although I try to be as non-biased as possible when um, conducting uh, literature reviews and choosing which articles to review, I do have to admit that inevitably there is a bit of bias for some treatment options where I, I just want them to work. And I think that's perfectly natural. If you think about what most podiatrists do um, for musculoskeletal conditions, um, we're largely prescribing foot orthoses as one of our most common treatment interventions. And so it's nice to see that 
there is evidence to support these things, which can give us give us some reassurance that what we're actually doing for uh, in clinic for our patients is actually to, to their benefit. If you think about the reverse scenario, let's imagine this particular paper concludes that custom fetal foces were were no more effective than the placebo group that you know in some ways that can be a little bit disheartening because um if you're similar to me in your practice and you do prescribe a large volume of custom fetal foces then results uh, like that might make you question well actually what well, why have i just done what i've been doing with all these patients and whether that's the best thing for them so personally for me it, it is always encouraging to see these sorts of results and I would like, love to get you, uh, your guys' opinion on what you think. Um, has this paper encouraged you to prescribe custom fiddle foces uh, if you're not doing so already? Uh, do you prefer them to prefabricated all foces? Or do you think they're no better, just simply more expensive? So plenty of food for thought here. And that's it. We've come to the end of this episode. If you've made it this far, well done. Uh, huge thanks, and I hope you enjoyed it. I would like to thank the authors of the paper featured in this episode for their hard work in helping inform clinical practice. If you would like further information on the paper reviewed, you can find a link in the show notes and alternatively you can find it on the website www.thehillpainexpert.com. If you enjoyed this episode and like to keep up to date with future content, hit the subscribe button. You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at heelexpert. And also, if you'd like to buy me a beer for my efforts, you can find me on Patreon at The Hill Pain Expert. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, thanks.